How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. I, Charles the Fourth, or is it the Third? Bloody bitch! We will strive for the denazification of the Let me put it to you! Just a conqueror. Yes, you If you win by one, you've won. The phone went over the side of the phone. It is time to destroy I just think everyone should be sure. What the fuck is going on? Hello, I'm Mark Steele. Welcome to my podcast, where each week I ask the question... What the fuck is going on? Boris Johnson is being investigated again because he wrote in his diaries about all the gatherings that he held at Chequers during lockdown. This is amazingly generous of him to keep entertaining us long after he was kicked out. And it seems certain he'll keep this going. In July, we'll find out that during the strictest phase of lockdown, he joined 35 members of the cabinet in a hot tub at Chequers that was paid for with a loan from Vladimir Putin, who he invited to a fancy dress party where he won first prize because he went as the Queen, having nicked her crown when she put it down during Philip's funeral. And then he would relax after the daily conference in which he gave the latest R numbers and insisted no one should stand within two metres of anybody else by squashing all his staff into a sideboard and licking them one by one, which he insists was completely in line with the rules of the time. And then someone will release photos of him going straight from a meeting with Chris Whitty to wander around London Zoo shooting the giraffes, which he will say was a, a reasonable way, reasonable to uh, unwind after a very hard uh, day. Uh, and I was advised this was completely within the guidelines set out by the uh, RSPCA. His supporters say the investigations are a witch hunt because when someone's investigated for breaking the law on the grounds that they've written in their diary that they broke the law and there are hundreds of photos of them breaking the law and the law they're breaking is a law they created, it's a witch hunt. And it would be exactly like a witch hunt if in the 16th century there were loads of women who screamed, on no account cast any spells and then wrote in their diaries, every day for four months, me and all my witch friends have filled pots with eyes of iguanas and tongues of buffaloes and turned people into lizards. And we've been photographed flying about on broomsticks. And one of us said, I've been advised this is perfectly within the rules set out by the Witchfinder General. It was the same when the great train robbers were jailed. They complained quite reasonably, this is a witch hunt. You don't ask people who haven't got sackfuls of money stolen from a train whether they stole money from a train. Now, lots of liberal people get very angry about Boris Johnson for tarnishing public life and that sort of thing. But I think he's turning out to be the most worthwhile politician in modern times because he's imploding. 
and it's marvellous to watch and we've earned this. Eighteen months ago, he seemed impregnable like he could do anything and get away with it. And he was protected partly by enough popularity to win an election and because people would do as he asked, arranging loans and financing pole dancers because he had power. But that's all gone now. So he should give back to the community even more by carrying on like this until he's ringing that lord who paid for his bathroom, crying, uh, look, uh, could could you pay for just a couple of bog rolls? I mean, uh, Carrie's going berserk and I'm touching cloth and yelling at pawnbrokers. You're having a laugh. It must be worth more than that. God's sake. This wallpaper was 800 pounds a fucking roll. What the fuck? What the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? This week, further allegations emerge concerning Boris Johnson's behaviour during the lockdown. Some people regard this as a witch hunt against the former Prime Minister, especially Conservative MP Nadine Boris. Nadine, what's your reaction to reports that Boris Johnson broke lockdown rules by inviting people to checkers? Oh, that's a lie. There's no evidence for that whatsoever. He wrote it in his diary. So what? I wrote in my diary that I gave David Hasselhoff a handy round the back of Lime Street Station, but that was just to impress Janine, the slutty little shithouse. It doesn't concern you if the ex-Prime Minister broke the law? Ex-Prime Minister? Future Prime Minister, more like. He'll be back. So what if he's a bit of a wrong and all the best people who do good are a bit rough around the edges, like Robert Mugabe or Jimmy the Cleaver at the Inglenook? He might split your skull open, but he'd always give his mum a bunch of flowers on Mother's Day. He stole them from graves and roadside tributes. There you go again. You've always got to be so negative. What did your diary say during lockdown? Sat in and cried while you were playing with your twiggler cock, fantasising about having a threesome with Carol Vorderman and Gary Lineker, you shithousey little shithouse. What the fuck fuck is going Well, you know the routine now if you listen to this programme. It is not possible to work out what the fuck is going on with our expert advice. And we have <laughs> we have an expert, someone who, who is, I, I believe, was probably named Hampshire's most leading what-the-fuck-is-going-on expert 2007, <laughs> Paul McCaffrey. I have been called so far this week a young man and an expert. These are two things that... Uh, it may surprise you to hear, do not get levelled at me very often. So, you know, it's been quite a good week for me. Oh, well, you you know what the fuck is going on. I remember we were stood in Edinburgh once, uh, having been to a bar, and they closed down. I don't know what time it was. I think about six. I remember this. And <laughs> you were so I, cross. Bloody bunch of squares. You were six so cross. What sort, of bar, what sort of bar is this? I yes, I should add. I, I know. I know. I no longer drink, which sort of tells its own story. But yeah, no, I mean, it's always quite nice to have a reminder of why that is. I remember you shouting at someone who was responsible for this sort of bureaucratic decision. <laughs> we came here in good faith, you said. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me! And now, something uh, that I know we share this. This is uh, it might it might sound like a trivial subject, but mm. parking your car right now this sounds oh, like fuck. this sounds like something that's sort of neighbourhood watchy and suburban and and all of that, but it's not, is it? Mm. This is a 
This, no, this is a this real is problem. The fulcrum, is that a word? I don't know if it's a word. The fulcrum, the epicenter of everything that's gone wrong in the world, it seems to me. I think it started with parking, mm. didn't it? It was like, yeah, because I can remember, you know, ta- parking in town was used to be free. That, free? That, that, that as a given. Fun, even. Well, <laughs> we not go that far, but like, <laughs> let's, let's keep this in perspective. But, you know, it, it, it may not have been fun, but at least you didn't have to pay for it. And now, I mean, the time, you know, the time restrictions, it used to be nine till five. Eight till six. Alarm bells started ringing at eight till six. As soon as I saw the first seven till 10 p.m., uh, I thought, this is, yeah. th- this is out of hand This is now. how Mussolini started. You know, resident permits, <laughs> 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., mm. seven days a week. Mm. That was a Monday to Friday, nine till five deal. Mm. I, don't know who, I don't know who is responsible for this, but... I mean, you know, we both spend a lot of time in other towns traveling around. I used to have an encyclopedic knowledge of where you could park for free in all major cities. You know, Nottingham, yeah, tell you where to park there for free. (laughs) You know, you mentioned you're off to Leeds there tonight. I would have been able to tell you where to free. But then even, you know, I would go to places that historically have been free parking round the clock. And now there's restrictions in there. There'll be a yellow line. There'll be a parking meter. And, you know, it, it's, uh, it's out of And hand. it's not just free. It's not just that it's no longer free. It's so mm. much more complicated. And even, oh, apps. E- yeah, apps, fucking apps. So you need... Oh, this uh, is a new one. You've got to use Dungo Parking. <laughs> well, I've not used that one before. Let's load another parking app on my phone. Yeah. Spend fucking 10 minutes filling out a form. I only need to park for half an hour. The admin's going to take oh, me longer yeah. than that. Yeah, and by the time you go back there, Dungo will have been taken over by Shitgo, and so you've got <laughs> by JD <by> Sports, <laughs> yeah, British Nuclear Fuels, and so now you've got to download their parking app, and it's <laughs> yeah. which is so hard. And then they, oh, and the fucking messages, right? So they don't just go. So put in your twenty-seven digit password now. They don't just do that. They go here at Dungo. We have a series of parking uh, offers that we can make to you. If you proceed with it, just fucking get on with it. <laughs> oh, fucking hell, and mate. the terms and conditions are that if you park, if you have a bulldozer, then you will need to apply to the. If you have a steamroller, you will need to write to uh, Oswestry City Council, and. <sighs> that anything parking related as well, like a, uh, th- th- that's a really mucky way to make mm. millions, isn't it? You go like, oh, this is his his business is private car parking. Yeah. You know, you're trading in misery, aren't yeah. you? Well, that's... hospitals do it. This is so outrageous. So, oh, man. probably I don't know when. I guess about 15, 20 years ago, they started charging for parking. So you absolute butter. So your your whole mindset must have been. They're going to have to bring a car because they're fucking limping. They'll have had a heart attack. <laughs> they, <laughs> We've got them. <laughs> they got no fucking <laughs> choice. So you've had your stood so there. Cynical. You've had a stroke, and you've got a fucking download a parking app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. While you're crawling around on the floor with all dribble coming out of your mouth, and you're looking at out uh, 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 your location code pin number that you have to. St- you, that has to have nineteen digits, of which four must be Japanese, and then you have to say it in a fucking in a in a I Somerset know. accent. 
one character, yeah. one numeric <laughs> fuck it. You're like, oh, mate. And then, you you know, you're usually tired. Oh, what does that mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fucking now hell. Now it's in Welsh. I mean, and then, and then also I always just use the same password because, yeah, it, yeah. It, you, you know, I, when you start to get older, these things are more difficult <laughs> to remember. Then you'll see a story about how that's not that's not good. Someone has hacked into someone's account. If you've got one password for yes, everything, and now they can get they in take and, on um, your mum. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I think there should be some sort of system where you know where they're talking about how there needs to be a universal charger for phones. Firmly in agreement with that. Um, also, you know. Like when you are stuck on a motorway and you run out of petrol, and the petrol at the twenty, at the you know the motorway services is like thirty p a litre more than yeah, it yeah. is anywhere else. But I think they're now trying to make that so there has to be one blanket price that they all have to agree on. Don't is that oh, right? I don't know. It should right. be. Um, but I think someone should have to bid, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. There has to be a better way of doing this. It's an absolute. How free are you for with multi-story car parks? Oh, mate. Well. There'll be 50 places in a, an area that can fit 40 in for a start. Yeah. So you're constantly having to mm. sort of like ease your way into somewhere and you go like, well, the person next to me is going to open their door into my car. So that's a dent that I'm going to have to, you know. Um, and you won't be able to get out. So you'll have parked there, won't be able to get out. After about 20 minutes of trying to get out, you think, well, if I wait another 20 minutes, I might have lost enough weight that I can squeeze out. But then you, that doesn't <laughs> yeah, work. Exactly. So you have to just drop. Yeah, don't go for a meal while you're parked it. <laughs> and you just cut your cut. Like you could see the kind of ghosts of uh, accidents past all up the walls, all around there, where people have just scratched the side. It's like that Hammersmith flyover where there's just kind of you know they've got those two yeah. bollards which you have to squeeze through to slow people down yeah. getting in there. And there's fucking wing mirrors, <laughs> arms, uh, just debris where people have just not quite. Uh, not quite managed yet. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Hate, and then you can't find... I've walked round and round and round multi-storey car parks looking... Trying to find your trying car. Trying to find A, my car, and B, the machine where you pay. I've got a lot better at that. So, like, um, if I ever use the parking at Gatwick, I'll always take a picture of the sign, which will remind me where I am, oh. you know, because that, that's... Oh, right. I've had my fingers I've, yeah, burnt. Yeah, I've been to Gatwick and done that, and then just after after three or four hours, just left the car there. I'm sure there must have been festivals. That- to bring it back to that. That's the worst one for that. Monday morning. I can remember a friend of mine le- losing his cars and his dad had to come and sort of get us. We we're all sort of like well, on the back end of the weekend. You have to go back to in November. And, and that, yeah, just, <laughs> that's exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hello, Mr. Evis. I think I left my car in. Oh, there's a cow on it. <laughs> they've made a, uh, yeah, they've made a stone circle around it for the next year's festival. Well, one of the, this is the, what I think is such utter, utter shit outery. So, mm. So it used to be that, mm. uh, and this was a lovely thing that used to happen in the world. You would park your car, and then you'd you'd go to the parking meter, and then someone would come over mm. and go, uh, "I've got twenty minutes left oh, on this, mate." That is the worst. That is the most in. What a lovely moment, yeah, wasn't it? I think that's where division started to yeah. kind of because that, yeah, hello, mate, still an hour left on yeah. that. And you, and then you'd think oh, I'm going to do much. that to someone else. I'm going to pass that kindness on to someone else. So you'd go hundred, hundred percent. And so they've thought because that, and then they've thought the little bastards, bloody with their 
bloody generosity. So you now have to put your bloody um, registration yeah. number in to make sure that no one... you bought two hours parking. So what? it's no different yeah. from buying a bar of chocolate and going out and giving some of it to that someone else. That person gets to drive off feeling they've done a good deed and you go, oh, humanity isn't fucked. No. And then they go, you little fucker. Right. right. We'll put we'll a stop put to a that. We'll put a stop to that generosity. All right, that probably... I'm not an expert on how the Yugoslavian civil war started. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that was it. I bet Serbs and Croats and Bosnians and that, they all used to go, you'd like to have, I have 40 minutes left. And then they brought this in and now there's, oh, fuck a lot of you. And the next thing, there's bloody Srebrenica. <laughs> Let's not rule it out. <laughs> um, right, uh, well, so... What what have we got to? Uh, we should listen. We should talk about your magnificent podcast, Paul. What's what's upset you now? Which is very very. I've been on it myself, so I'm not entirely uh, you know yeah, impartial. Super. Uh, thank you. No, I know. I don't. It was a struggle for me because the idea of it, the premise of it, is that yeah, some trivial thing has annoyed you, <laughs> and that's. I'm just not that sort of person, really. So I can, it took no, me hours to not. think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> just press record and let you carry on as normal. Um, yes, yeah, so I do that with Sean Walsh. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Seven or eight times a day, I think. There's a thing I'm going to mention next time on that. I'm on that. You'll have to come back on. Well, Pete is an obvious one. People were bloody playing things in on buses and trains on their oh, phone. God's sake, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel. I think I'm going to take a, unacceptable a, a record player or tumble dryer, maybe on a train, and go. I'm just playing this. <laughs> A really old one that's all fucking clicked. Set of bongos. <laughs> Panpipes. Oh, yeah. God. What is the most annoying musical instrument, do you think? A tune. Probably the recorder. Oh, it's a sort recorder. of like a chair being dragged across. Badly played recorders, like a chair being. <laughs> I used to drive a badly played recorder when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. It, Didn't yeah. we all? Uh, well, it's acceptable when you're nine. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then, but yeah, people were there, just their loud thing. Look, look, it's my mate, it's my mate. They were out on a piss. They were out on a, they were, they were out on a piss in Basingstoke and they all got on a bus shelter and it's really loud. Oh, 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 oh. That God. sort of thing. Out on the piss in Basingstoke. Now there's a, uh, there's a depressing sentence. Speaking of someone who has been out on the piss in Basingstoke on a number of occasions. Sent a shiver down my spine. You know Basingstoke had the longest recorded riot in British history? Did it? Yeah, in the 1880s. Yeah, because uh, well, the I Salvation never. Army, Basingstoke was known as the most drunken place in Britain. So the Salvation Army in its very early days decided <laughs> to target Basingstoke in order to get drag people out of pubs. And they were hard. They must have been pretty hard. <laughs> Imagine that, going into yeah, pubs. Yeah. Come on out. You know, this oh, it's a tough little yeah. town. So the Salvation Army were particularly tough. And a riot ensued that went on for about a year, I think. Wow. I wonder if there's any videos of that on YouTube. Not if it was in 1880, I shouldn't imagine. That'd be something else for me to get pissed off about retrospectively. Bloody hell. Free the Basing Stoke 7. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Paul, it has been absolutely marvellous to, so uh, to have you on here. You have to come back again very soon. And, I'd love and, to. Uh, yeah. That, yes. And what's upset you now? And what the fuck is... I think if you listen to both of those, you get all the current affairs you need in your life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. The news is overrated. Brilliant. Thanks so much. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, what the fuck is going on? As you know, we like to get all sorts of views on this podcast. So here once again is the master of gently teasing out opinions, Mike Concrete. Right, with us is Don Surbiton. He's got a funny story to cheer us all up. What happened to you last weekend, Don? Well, I was uh, leaving my office in Woking, Mike. I'd stayed a bit late to finish a spreadsheet and I got mm. stuck in the lift. Mm. I shouted for help, but it was Friday, so I was the last one there. I'd left mm. my phone on my desk, so uh, I ended up in there till Monday morning. So you were forced to rely on your wits like a proper man. Well, well I went to sleep mostly. <laughs> you went to sleep? Why didn't you do press-ups to build your muscles so you could prise open the doors? Bruce Willis would have done that in Die Hard, and he had robbers trying to shoot him. But you, you can't be bothered. Well, well, I thought the best thing was to wait till Monday when they were all back. Hmm. That's the trouble these days, isn't it, Don? We live in a something-for-nothing culture. You expect someone else to come and rescue you. I had a puzzle book, so I just did a lot of the crosswords. (laughs) Did you hunt for rabbits and badgers like Bear Grylls would have done? I was in a lift, Mike. I had a sandwich in my case, so I had half on Saturday and uh, half on Sunday. Hmm. And now I suppose you're going to demand millions of pounds of compensation for post-traumatic lift syndrome. No, I I just hope they mend it. (laughs) Oh, right. So now you want the taxpayer to fork out because you don't think your lift's good enough. Do you want it lined with fur? Do you want dancers in there to keep you entertained between floors? You should read your Bible, Don. What's the Bible got to do with it? The Ascension. When Jesus got stuck in a lift for 40 days on his way up to heaven, he didn't complain. Jesus didn't go to heaven in a lift. Yes, he did. See ya, Don. That's enough of that, idiot. No wonder my Netflix password stopped working. Here's Jeremy Clarkson with Butterfly of the Day. Thank you so much to all those of you who are now supporting us on Patreon. It is because of you wonderful people that we can continue our quest to find out what the fuck is going on. If you would like to join these wonderful, virtuous, radiant people for as little as £2 a month, follow the link on our Twitter page or go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on. Or to be in the elite highest echelons of those people who are aware what the fuck is going on. For £4 a month, you'll get a longer ad-free version of the episode with extended interviews and bonus sketches. For example, this week, there's deceased Yorkshire cricketer Fred Truman giving his very, very moving tribute to Rolf Harris. And you'll get discounts on live shows, which we will be doing more of later in the year. And also you'll get the episodes on Friday night. Unlike everybody else who has to just wait in misery wretched, ringing up therapists to get through the day. 
until finally the dawn rises on Saturday morning and the programme can be heard. So go to www.patreon.com and type in what the F is going on to join the WTF community. It has come to the grand time of the week when the nation shuts down the the misery and the mundanity of normal life to listen to the announcements when prime ministers and peasants alike stop the flow of their uh, normal, pointless blather and hear whatever announcements there are to be made. Uh, uh, Oh, God, I better make some up now. Um, Yes, this podcast will be going out for the first time next week in space. So if you're up there on the space station or even if you've sort of got lost in one of the earlier Apollo missions because you were a stowaway uh, and it was all a bit embarrassing for NASA to uh, uh, to admit that you sort of got stuck there in the in a crevice of Apollo 12 or something and you know you're now you're in the little bit that got jettisoned and you're now floating out somewhere in Pluto from next week you'll be able to I know you won't be able to hear this announcement until next week but you'll be astonished to find out that this is a, a, a rant about <laughs> Suella Braverman or something, you'll think, is that the earth I've left behind? Uh, I've got, I'm still doing the tour and stuff. I say this every week. So if you haven't heard this before and already bought a ticket, you're not going to like change your fucking mind now, are you? But anyway, I'm going to go to, I'll be at, um, where I'm going to be? Brighton on June the 3rd, Lancaster on the 17th of June, Telford and Workington after that. Hackney Empire on June the 8th. Um, Come along to that one, wherever you're from, even if you're the person in space. Now, here is a relevant question from Chantal Chantal Spall, one of our Patreon supporters, who says, you're not going to believe this, but I promise this is true, it's what she says. Mark, not only do I look forward to the announcements, but I like to camp under the 5G mast a few days before in excitement, waving my flags and singing patriotic songs. If we have more of that spirit... The country will be able to lift itself out of this misery and this wretched inflation-driven conservative morass that we all seem to be in. You'd be a, a what can't we achieve? We'd be like the late 16th century pirates sailing round the world, taking things, entrepreneurial spirit that made this country great. That's the sort of spirit. They were metaphorically sat under their 5G masts in 1588 and so on and even had time to play bowls before going on to make the country great. Um, so thank you very much, Chantel, and uh, I hope that within over the next few weeks, I hope that you find thousands and thousands of people joining you under that 5G mast. There is, I should, uh, I should sort of say this every week, really, there is a chap called Mark Steele who uh, is one of the main, if not the main person who believes that 5G masks are frazzling our minds so that we can be controlled by an elite that may or may not be from other planets. And he's from Newcastle, and he's a great big bloke. I think he was... uh, I think he has a conviction record that involves firearms, just to add to the sort of jollity of it all. And I don't know, and he's caught... And somewhere or other, and he speaks at these quite big rallies and stuff. I'm, I'm Mark Steele Lake, and I'm telling you that there's all aliens and everything, and don't listen to 5G, because what it's doing, it's frazzling all our minds and making us not realise that we're about to be taken over by aliens who are using 5G most to get inside our brains, Lake. So, uh... 
for many reasons, that's not me, even though he's got the same name. But one of us, you know, maybe he's right and I'm wrong. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't I feel silly if history proved that to be the case? Thank you very much, Chantel, for that. Also, people have been getting in touch with us on our Patreon account, wanting to know what the fuck is going on with other things. Sue Barnard on Twitter, friend of the podcast, says, if, as Miss Braverman claimed, she was too busy to do a speed awareness course with other people, why wasn't she too busy to do the course if she'd been able to do it on her own? She can't have it both ways. Yes, I know what you mean. She was too busy to do the course. Yeah, it doesn't. Exactly. A speed awareness course doesn't take any more time if you're doing it with other people, does it? Now, I've two things here. One, I've got to do a speed awareness course, 35 mile an hour and a 30 mile an hour limit in Croydon at half past one in the morning. Now, I could complain if I was that sort of person that this is rather unfair and that at 35 miles an hour on this particular, to be honest, in this particular stretch of Croydon, you could do 735 miles an hour and would be unlikely to cause it. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to just calmly do as I was asked to do and go to a speed awareness course and accept my uh, my lot without trying to <laughs> claim that I'm too. And I've got a podcast to do and shows to do and washing to do, which I bet Suella Brahman had, though. So I'm just going to you know, take me punishment like a good citizen. But yes, it doesn't take any longer. It reminds me of when Tony Blair did uh, answered a questionnaire where he was asked, what do you dream about? And he said, these days, I don't have time for dreams. And I thought two things about that. First of all, what a miserable way of thinking that you don't have time for a dream. What is the single most powerful speech of modern life is when a man said, I have a dream, and you don't have a time for any fucking dream. How miserable is that? But not only that, you're wrong, because if you have a dream, that doesn't take extra time up, does it? Dreams don't add. You don't think, oh, God, I hope I just have a normal sleep with no dreams in it. Because if I have a 10-minute dream, that's going to add 10 minutes to my sleep. You fucking idiot. What? And then he gets paid about a million pounds a go to go and bloody advise the government of Kazakhstan. They don't. If they'd read that, they wouldn't bother, would they? You fuck, you don't think, oh, no. I've had a dream that I was swimming through custard in the bloody, but it was the Panama Canal and then Noel Edmonds turned up and asked me to bloody take, put some rhubarb in me ass because that took five minutes. I'm five minutes late. Dreams are incorporated into the time you have with your sleep, Mr. Blair. I don't know how Sherry puts up with him. John Wilkins on Patreon asks, just stop oil, a necessary protest or a pain in the ass? Well, if you were to look at this dialectically, John Wilkins, as Hegel may have said, things can be two things at once, can't they? I think it is a necessary protest. We probably do need to stop the oil on account of the fact that carrying on with fossil fuels will render the planet uninhabitable. On the other hand, they are a pain in the ass. But then protest has to be a pain in the ass. There's no point in protest if it's not a pain in the ass. There's, they make all these statements, don't they, in government and people, right-wing people. I think that it, protest, of course, is a, very, is a fundamental part of what we as British people uh, cherish as a democracy, but it shouldn't be at the expense of anybody else or cause any disruption to anybody. So we are saying that you can legitimately protest by sitting cross-legged on a floor, thinking, slightly rude, but not offensively rude, 
things about whatever it is that you're disgruntled about. And that's perfectly legitimate to sit there cross-legged on a floor thinking, I wish Jacob Rees-Mogg uh, had never been in the government of our, of our country. You can think that if you like, not for too long. After five minutes, of course, you will be questioned. Uh, but that is absolutely perfectly legitimate. So, uh, yeah, they are meant to be a pain in the ass, And they got on a snooker table and covered it with orange paint. And I speak as an absolute devotee of watching the snooker. And I thought that was funny. Roddy Walker on Twitter says, Hi, Mark. Will you find out what the fuck is going on in this country when the NATC, oh, the National Conservatives, what is it called? National Con Conservatism Conference is happening. And the top trending thing on Twitter is the bust up between Phil Holly and ITV. Fascism breaking out or celebrity fallouts. What the actual fuck? Roddy, I know where you're coming from, but I'm with the people. I I would much rather engage with what Phil and Holly are arguing about than the National Conservatism Conference. I think um, I know what you mean. I mean, in 1928 in Munich, probably there must have been two people presenting Good Morning Bavaria. And they were having a bit of a, a, a row about, I don't know, whatever it was. He was just be, being just too rude generally about various market stalls and, you know, some of the beer that he'd had at one of the Kellers. And she you know, said, no, my, you know, I've got an aunt who's runs one of them stalls or something. And they had a big bust up about it. And meanwhile, Hitler was right in Mein Kampf. I fully understand where you're coming from, Roddy. But on the other hand, I think I'm with the people here. I really don't want to know what they were talking about at the National Conservatives. I can guess. I've not really read it. I should think one or two of them were getting up and saying, you know, the time has come when we can, we must accept that 98, you know, that foreigners are 98% insect, that, um, uh, that, that we should fill in the English channel with concrete, uh, uh, they probably were. I'm sure they were. But uh, uh, just uh, maybe if they were just put on an island and led to, and they could just act without anybody, that would be a wonderful idea, wouldn't it? If, I think we should encourage them to have another national conservatism conference, just surround it with barbed wire and snipers and just keep them there. There we are. That's what the fuck is should be going on. <laughs> Now, we are all experts in knowing what the fuck is going on, or at least finding out in what the fuck is going on. And we all know that you can't do it without the voice of 26-year-olds who are at the epicentre of, uh, well, uh, of this project. So, walking up the street as we're speaking to him, through the marvels of the modern world, Elliot Steele. Hello, can you hear us? Hello, yes, I can. So you're going to be able to hear some traffic and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this I do is. Apologize. So in the, when I was when I was your when I, when I was a bit younger than your age, if you ever ever saw something on the telly that was live from somewhere else, it just seemed so amazing. It didn't matter what it was; you were just just transfixed by it. There's football coming from Brazil. It wouldn't have mattered if no one had kicked the ball. We'd have just thought. This is amazing. Yeah, I mean, but uh, you know, it's, it's all a bit boring now. What would amaze you? What sort of what would have to happen technologically speaking? Oh, AI, AI, AI is what right. As what's going to happen with that then? 
I think it's gonna. I think like there's like jobs that it's just gonna render useless. So for example, right, once AI gets to a point, like I was explaining to you the other day, where you were kind of like going, "No, nah, it's not that. Like, oh, I don't really get it. It's not gonna do any of this stuff." And I was like, "All right, well, like, do you remember the beginning of the internet? Like, the internet in the '90s sucked. It wasn't very good, so it was kind of pointless." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person. I remember Mark Thomas, but in they... fact, going, I remember him saying to me, look, it's amazing. I was going, can it do anything? And he went, look, it's amazing. And he went, just look at this. And he clicked on something. And about 15 minutes later, up popped a thing saying where the royal family were going to be that day. And I went, that took yeah. a quarter of an hour. And I don't want to know where the royal family are today. Go, no, but just fucking, listen, right, just fucking. I thought, well, you probably, you know, want to know where the Duke of fucking Essex is so that you can go and bloody have a demonstration against him. But most people don't need that. Okay, so that's it. Well, AI is a little bit different at the moment, like chat GPT and stuff like that. But like, so for example, here's like a, a group of jobs that I think it will render useless. It's like lawyers. Right. So so eventually, right, like you, what do you pay a lawyer for? You pay a lawyer for someone who spent the years of knowledge, they'll know cases, they'll be able to do all of this stuff. That, that's what you're paying for. You're paying for their knowledge and expertise of the law. Well, what if you get an AI system that knows exactly the same as that and is able to reference that you can just get that to represent... But one, don't they need to sort of know the nuances of, of human behaviour and so on? So in a, in a courtroom, they'll go... You know, they might go, oh, once once you've got a witness that's credible, for example, then you the way you approach it changes a bit because this witness is really credible. Or if you've got a, a conversation. Well, what, what, if you just, what if you just enter into the thing, approach witness as credible? Right. But isn't it more nuanced you know I mean? than that, like you though? Can just do- isn't it more sort of... Well, it, it'll, probably, it'll probably work alongside humans, like, as anything. But So, for example, like... Um, accountants things right. like that you can just have a system that just does your accounting for you it's artificially intelligent. oh yeah i can see that yeah. and it can teach yeah, itself. I can see that so my like, accountant always drove me mad because he just couldn't understand that i didn't know so he would go all you need to do and he did have a voice like that bless him he was a nice man really very nice man but he would go mark i just don't understand it all you need to do is get a certificate of interest and then you go and then you just tap that in and you reply you put in the aiwc413 code which we sent to you via the uh, interplanetary bloody outer galactic system which you should have installed, and then you download that, and then you put in your VAT required. And I, I ended up saying to him one day, stop it. I'm not an accountant. I might as well say to you, why don't you do a two-hour show, just get some jokes, do some silly voices? And he went, oh, yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, but that, that's that's but his job might, in the next five, ten years, be, that be rendered useless. You know, yeah. so it is, you know, so for example, like editing now, has become so much easier. And it, it, it's not perfect yet. It's not, you know, we're at the early days of it, but soon editing's going to go. Like, it, you'll just have AI systems that know exactly how to but edit But do you think you'll have AI systems that go, oh, that was a really funny bit, but that bit didn't really make me laugh very much. That didn't make, I didn't get that. And so it'll cut out a bit. It might have cut out everything. It might have, you know, like if, if Richard Pryor's greatest stand-up might never have been seen because an AI bit might have thought, oh, I didn't think that was very funny about the Chinese waiter. Well, I think, 
I don't know where it will get to on that because that's where like the human thing of personal taste and stuff comes down to. That's where AI will, you know, fall down a little bit. But what I'm, I don't, I think the more like, okay, so for example, like say you've got someone who, uh, like, who does poster design. Right. Well, that will probably go. Right. What, how will it know who wants what, what sort of poster design? Well, because what will happen is eventually you'll be able to put in like a picture of yourself and go, you might be able to go, I want it done in the style of this, this, and this, and then show it some pictures, like upload some pictures that you fit our posters that you like, and then it will give you like a hundred versions of that, and you can pick the one you like. Wow. And it'll, it'll, be, it'll be indistinguishable from a, uh, one made by a really good graphic designer, because it can just mimic that graphic designer style. Oh, right. No, so I suppose you could probably already do that if you want to go, I want a, a poster design that is me, but in the style of Rembrandt or me in the style of Van Gogh or me in a, as a Picasso. Oh, that, that, that's, done, that's done already. Right. That's, yeah, that's been happening for the last year and a bit. I should right. add that Elliot is currently at Thornton Eve Station. I can see it. This is like a program from the 80s. And uh, I can tell you that Elliot is now at Thornton East Station. He's only got 31 minutes to go. And it's very exciting. He's now going to get the uh, the southern train that is coming. Well, he's, he's still got eight stops to go to Clapham Junction. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think everyone at Thornton Heath Station is as um, invested in the podcast <laughs> as I am. Let, uh, let alone the man who decided he was going to bang a thing all the way down the stairs for no reason whatsoever. What, what is it? He's banging. Uh, it's, oh, oh, god! Not uh, the old I've, Thornton Heath barrel down the stairs, man. <laughs> oh, oh, he's been I there know. for years. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'll do, mate. <laughs> I decided I used to work as an accountant and I thought AI is going to ruin this job in years to come, so I might as well pursue the thing I love, which is getting a barrel and rolling it down the stairs at Thornton Eve Station. Then I'll push it back up again and down we go again. <laughs> well, well, that's very funny, but it's actually a, it's actually one of those things to help save people off the train. <laughs> well, well, they could be a bit quieter about it, couldn't they? <laughs> Uh, actually, it's, do you know what? It's not even that. It's a, it's a thing of, uh, it's like a load of posters. It's, a, it's actually like oh. posters, genuinely. Oh, all right. You're on the, you're on the train already. Yeah, that's worked out, right? Isn't it. Yeah. Oh fuck! How are we ever going to do anything about the inefficacy? So I have to help this lady with a pram on the train. The door shutting. Oh, Lever, no there's a podcast to make. I know. I know. Sorry, I was just being a hero. <laughs> fuck's sake do you think great art what do you think do you think bloody Leonardo da Vinci would go oh no hang on I can't I can't do her nose because there's a there's a woman walking past and she's she's got a push chair yeah well I had to I had to help <laughs> I was you know that's part of the podcast that people don't see it's not all it's not all just dark jokes with me when I get out in the world I'm a, I'm a helpful person you think Mozart went Oh no! The thing is, I've no. I was meant to finish the you know the Figaro tonight, but uh, oh, I just looked round and there was an old fella and he just tripped over a thing. So I went out there and helped him for three hours. Now it's, the whole tune's completely gone out of my head, so there's no end. Well, I I, I don't know if the comparisons of WTF is going on to <laughs> to you know Mozart is quite <laughs> is quite the same. It will be. But and he only did 40 symphonies. We've done about 100 of these things. That is true. 
Right. Oh, right, right. We've got a, you've got a, you're on a train. This is. <laughs> oh, go on. Let's listen Welcome to the announcement. Welcome aboard Southern Service to Watford Junction. The next station is Norbury. Yeah. <laughs> See, what I do is sometimes is if you're smart, you get the 19 pass to Watford, get that the clapper, <laughs> and then change. That's the. <laughs> oh, no. Can you imagine how old it makes me feel that I have a son who's going. Yeah, see, if you're smart, you can get the 19 pass, and that way you avoid having to change at Clapton Cod. I remember Jeremy, Jeremy Hardy saying when he felt really old was when his daughter came up the stairs and went, what did I come in here for? Oh, my God, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I, I don't need much of an autism test because I love get, I love knowing the train times and exactly <laughs> what one to get to get there somewhere with record time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I... Well, we'll we'll keep you uh, next week's podcast. We will alert the WTF public to how you how you got on. Clearly, you know what the fuck is going on with train times, yeah, Mister Elliot Steele. Thank you. Where are you? Uh, well, Norbury. You'd feel an idiot if you got off here by mistake and then didn't even mind the gap between the the platform and the train after they've warned you specifically. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually got off at Norbury. No one does, no such place. Thank you very much, Elliot Steele. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you've liked it, rate it, and if you can be bothered, write a review. If you can't be bothered, then force yourself to write it. What do they all say? These guru people who tell you how to to lead a, a proper, fulfilled life. It's when you don't want to do something that you have to do it. So if you can't... Abide the thought of writing a review. Make yourself do it. That's what Andy McNabb would have done. If there is anything at all that you think I should be finding out what the fuck is going on with it, please send me a message on Twitter at WTFIsGoingOnPod and we will look at every message that you send. If you'd like to become a WTF supporter and get early access to ad-free extended versions for as little as £2 a month, please visit our Patreon page. What the fuck is going on was hosted by me, Mark Steele, with my guests, Paul McCaffrey and Elliot Steele. Voices by Sarah Alexander. It was written by Mark Steele and Pete Sinclair. The music was by Willie Dowling. It was produced by Mike Benwell at Carousel Studios. What the fuck is going on was brought to you by WTF Productions. WTF.